You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I had a pretty good weekend. I did some traveling, but before I get started, I wanted to thank each and every listener for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day, and actually, it's probably your first listen of the week, because I am lucky enough to start off the NBA or Locked On NBA Draft Week by having the first show on Monday. So thank you very much for for just checking me out and also checking out the the work of my my teammates here on Locked On NBA Draft. I really appreciate it. All right, before I get started into talking about prospects for the 2022 NBA Draft, just wanted to talk about some of the guys from the 21 NBA Draft. As much as I keep saying that I want to be done with talking about last year's draft class, I just can't help but wanting to see how the guys are doing, especially since the NBA season just started. We're about a weekend. I know last week I made a podcast about some of the rookies that I was looking forward to seeing, guys that I thought may have had a chance to compete for Rookie of the Year. And so far, just seven days into it, I um, I look totally wrong in a sense because there are a couple guys that aren't even in their rotation. And, I mean, most notably, James Booknight and Bones Highland had really strong preseasons, in my opinion. I thought those were two guys that were going to be able to have some type of impact this season just based off of how they played in summer league and preseason and, uh, yo, a week later, I looked totally wrong. Even Cam Thomas. I mean, James Booknight, I don't think he scored a, a point so far. I mean, he hasn't really played a lot of minutes, maybe one minute. I thought Jared Butler was going to get some time. He has only played about five and a half minutes. Um, Bones Highland, someone who had a really strong summer league and preseason, hasn't really – I don't think he's got on the floor either. So, that is, uh, yeah, those are guys that I that I was pretty high on it and that I mentioned in the last episode. But as far as the guys that are really playing well, I mean, Chris Duarte is off to a crazy good start in Indiana. I know, like, coming into the season, there were jokes about Rick Carlisle playing a rookie. We knew Duarte would play because he was the most ready, but he's averaging nearly 40 minutes per game. Yes, 39.8 minutes. He's averaging 20 points per game, shooting 40% from the floor. An impressive 45.8% from three on eight attempts per game. So Duarte is, has been pretty impressive. But right after Duarte, Scotty Barnes has, has looked good also. He's averaging 18 points. And how crazy is it to see Scotty Barnes is averaging 18 when one of the biggest question marks and knocks on him was could he score? He's been way more aggressive as a rookie through three games. Very small sample size. But he's been way more aggressive as a rookie than he was at Florida State. He's shooting 52% from the floor and a good 75% from the foul line. I mean, he's not really shooting three. So, But right now, he's, he's only averaging 1.7 attempts per game from three, shooting 20% from three. But Scotty Barnes is also averaging 10 rebounds a game and 
and an assist. So Scotty Barnes has been playing extremely well for the Raptors. I know on draft night, a lot of people just thought Jalen Suggs to the Raptors was a shoe-in. They thought it was a lock. And there was even some people that were kind of upset that that the Raptors selected Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. Suggs had the, I mean, I guess you can say he had the bigger buzz simply because Gonzaga, you know, they were in the national championship. He hit the big, huge game-winning shot in the Final Four. And it was just quite natural for people to assume what Kyle Lowry leaving in free agency that the Raptors were going to select a point guard. So... For those that were upset with Scotty Barnes or the Scotty Barnes pick, they're, they're pretty quiet right now. All right, then Jalen Green is averaging 16 points per game, which is not really a surprise. We expected him to score, but most of his points came from a breakout game that he had against Boston. He, The first couple games, he kind of struggled a little bit. His stats have definitely been boosted by the game against the Celtics last night where he had 30 points and hit 8 threes he was eight of ten from three so that kind of bumped his numbers up because the first two games he was four of 11 and four for 14 so once you mix in the 11 for 18 game with the eight of 10 shooting from three it definitely put a big boost to his stats because on paper right now he is shooting 47 percent from three on seven attempts per game and 44 percent from the floor overall so he's been looking good there Evan Mobley, 15.7 points per game on 56% shooting, 83% from the foul line. He's also averaging eight rebounds and three assists. So Mobley has looked good. And then there's the two Orlando guys who are really struggling in the, in the preseason. Franz Wagner has been the best rookie so far, having 12.7 points per game, shooting 50% from the floor, 38% from three, also grabbing five rebounds per game and an assist. Now, his teammate Jalen Suggs, his shooting struggles have continued in the regular season. Averaging 11 points per game, only shooting 25% from the floor. He's averaging to go 3 for 13. He's also struggling from the three-point line, shooting 13% from three. He's making his free throws 93%, also averaging four assists per game. Josh Giddy from the Thunder is filling up the stat sheets just a shade under 10 points per game 46 percent from the floor 40 percent from three a little under seven rebounds and five assists per game so Giddy is he's doing about what I what I expected and then there's Davion Mitchell who has been locking up on defense now he had a pretty good game scoring in his last output but defensively he's been a monster I forgot the stat but it was something like Dame and I think Donovan Mitchell were shooting like I don't know like nine for twenty eight. I don't I don't have the stat off the top of my head, but he has definitely been impressive as a defender. And then the offense probably will come. And then the last two rookies that are seem to be making some some noise are Dave. Uh, I'm sorry, Alperen Shingun. He's only playing eighteen minutes per game, but he's averaging eight points, four point seven rebounds. 2.3 assists. He is struggling with the turnovers. He's averaging 3.3 turnovers in 18 minutes. So that probably has a, a major role in why his, his minutes are down because right now he's leading all rookies in turnovers per game, which is not good for your center. And then Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I know my guy at Mavs Draft is excited about this. He had Robinson Earl as all rookie team 
And Robinson Earl was definitely not one of the, the sexy names coming into the draft. Definitely not even like a sexy name as being someone that could make all rookie. But he's playing for a a bad Thunder team. And he's averaging six points per game and a little under a little over sixteen minutes per game. But he's someone that I always thought was going to be a quality NBA role player. I mean, you can pretty much bank on guys from Villanova having a, a, a long career as guys that end up cracking the rotation. And by him being in Oklahoma City, it definitely helps him out. So those are a few of the guys that I wanted to talk about as far as rookies, the, the top 10 scoring rookies. There's some other guys like Trey Mann who's averaging about 12 minutes per game, Jalen Johnson. I had a chance to watch the game that he played. I want to say he got up maybe like five shot attempts and like six possessions against the Mavs. Trey Murphy is someone who I would thought have played a bigger role, but he is averaging 20 month, 21 minutes per game in New Orleans. And while that, that team definitely has some struggles going on there, I mean, I just can't really put my finger on I know Zion is – is is not playing but th- that team just they they have some struggles but you never know it could turn around because i thought orlando was going to be the worst team in the nba and they had a surprising win over the knicks all right when we return i'll talk about one of the top art wait i want to say he's one of the top you can make a case and say arguably he is the top returning player in college basketball but first, let me talk to you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy daily fantasy prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop up you can think of from yardage to touchdowns even interceptions thrown all users that deposit and they will use our promo code nba will receive 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. just be sure to use the promo code nba you can pick two to five players and over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on entry it is just you first to project the numbers Prize picks also allows mixed sport entries like for example you can take the over on LeBron James combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes on the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate and check out prizepicks.com or use the promo code NBA or you can go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is the daily fantasy made easy. And I have a question. So I want you to let me know if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the games live and then you have another device that streams your favorite shows. You end up watching sports highlights on your phone and then you're using your neighbor's best friend's cousin's login for all the good stuff. If that is you, I want to tell you about a simple way where you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there is no annual contract, so you can get rid of the clutter 
and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Of course, you need a compatible device and the content may vary by package. So check it out at directtv.com. All right, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow. So thank you again for making Locked On your first listen of the day. All right, the prospect that I want to talk about is arguably the top-rated returning prospect coming into the season. You can make a case and say Jaden Ivey, but if it's not Jaden Ivey, then probably Benedict Matherin is on your list as the top-returning NBA prospect for the 2022 NBA Draft. Now, everybody's talking about the freshmen. This class is loaded with freshmen, loaded with guys that don't have any college basketball experience. Between the the freshmen and the international players, I mean, this is a, a draft with a bunch of guys that we don't know anything about. For example, if you go to a site, and I'll use tankathon.com, for example. If you go to their top 30 prospects or their, their mock draft, 20, maybe just off the top of my head, 20 of the top 30 prospects are going to be freshmen. As far as returning players, there's maybe six or seven guys that played college basketball last season that are projected to go in in the first round. Also, shout out to Tinkathon. I I really enjoy the site. I know I've used it plenty of times for my mock drafts and simulators. And they've also put a few of my videos on their on their website when they cover the prospects. So this is a shameless plug for, for Tankathon.com. But outside of Jaden Ivey, most people have Benedict Matherin as the top returning prospect. And I totally understand why. He has good positional size and frame. I think he's a really good athlete. I think that he has the vertical pop and the long strides. And he has the upside to be like a really, really good transition scorer. I'll get to that in a second. Now, the thing about Matherin is he does not, and I'll be honest, he does not have the sexiest game. If you watch his film, he is a guy that's, he's very predictable what he's going to do when he has the ball. Listen to this. 69.7% of his attempts in the half court were jumpers. Now, for someone that is as athletic as he is, that's not something that I really, really like seeing. I would like to see him mix it up a little bit because I think he has the athleticism to be able to attack the rack and, and just kind of score in other ways and give you a little bit more variety. But I can't really knock it because he ranked in the top 91 percentile in jump shot efficiency. I think he projects as this 3 and D floor spacer. I mean, as a freshman, like I said, I can't really hate on the fact that nearly 70% of his possessions in the half court were jumpers because he shot a little under 42% from from three last season. He shot 45% on catch-and-shoot opportunities. And it, it really wasn't a big variance because if he was guarded, he shot 44%. If he was left unguarded in catch-and-shoot situations, it was 46%. So... With all that being said, dude is a sniper, but he's also a really strong rebounder for a wing, and he's efficient at the rim. I mean, he had a 47, 41, 84% shooting splits, which is, I mean, <laughs> that's crazy and impressive. Now, the thing that 
about him that is pretty interesting is even though I feel like he does not get to the rack a lot, doesn't really offer much off the dribble. When he does score off the dribble, it's usually like east and west ball handling, and then he, he goes to a pull-up. But he gets to the foul line a decent amount of times, and it's because of his activity on, on the glass and on cuts. So it's weird that you see a guy that gets to the foul line as much as he does, but he's not much of a shot creator. Now, if I had to say there's some areas for improvement or areas that I personally would like to see him improve on, I think that, again, he does settle for a lot of jumpers. Um, I don't think that he's much of a playmaker at, at this point in his career. I'd love to see him improve as far as making teammates better and as far as just, um, you know, creating different scoring opportunities for his teammates. He averaged just 1.2 assists per game last year. His assisted turnover numbers were were pretty much even. And then um, as far as, like, getting to the rack, I would like to see him add a little bit of north and south to his game. Again, I mentioned that he's pretty much an east and west ball handler. And for whatever reasons, and this is kind of baffling to me, was he was not efficient in scoring in transition. And the reason I would say a lot of that is because he prefers to pull up on and shoot jumpers and, and transition, which is fine. I still am, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these guys that like hates the, the new school NBA, but I understand that guys want to space the floor in transition. I'm just not a fan of athletic wings that shoot threes in transition. Attack the basket. You know, use your athleticism. The open floor is where you get a chance to showcase your God-given athleticism and, and, and speed. And so I think that's one of the main reasons why he struggles in transition because he looks to, to um, space the floors. And I, mean, I know three points is worth more than two, but... I think that he could be a more effective and more efficient transition scorer if he looked to attack the rim in the open floor. Because when he did attack the rim, I thought that he was good. I mean, he has, like I mentioned earlier, he has the long strides, and he absolutely flies down the floor. So there's no reason, in my opinion, he shouldn't be one of the best transition finishers in all of college basketball. All right, when we return, I have a sleeper prospect. I had one for you last week in Iverson Molinar, a scorer out of Mississippi State who I think is going to have a big year. But I have another sleeper sleeper, a guy that most people probably haven't heard of. He's not on a lot of different draft boards, and I haven't really heard his name mentioned. Stay tuned. But right now, I want to talk to you about Built Bar, and there are many delicious flavors. There is a flavor for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan like myself, we are definitely passionate just about the overall taste of these protein bars that are tasty and don't taste like cement, like my guy Jackson Gatlin said. If you don't know the flavors, there's coconut, cherry, barcia, there's raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And my favorite flavor just so happens to not be available right now, but it is birthday cake. I mean, think about this. This is a protein bar that tastes like a birthday cake. Now, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors that they're offering now. And again, I can't stress enough that 
Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four or five grams of sugar, and only four or five grams net carbs. They have amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. 100% chocolate. You can make your order today. You can get the grasshopper cookie. You can get the raspberry, whatever you like. I mean, again, you have options. And Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So if the U.S. track and field team prefers Built Bars, then that should let you know that, that there, there's something special going on with the Built Bars. So you can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, next I want to talk to you about Rock auto now we all have cars for the most part unless you live in new york city you probably take a subway but if you've been paying attention they there's so many different models for cars and now it's pretty much impossible for like your local chain store or auto parts store to stock all the parts you need and that is why you should go to rock auto so why wait for the person behind the counter to order parts on their computer and they're only going to choose the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. We all have access to computers. And with your access to your computer or your phone, you can go to rockauto.com and you can save time and money. So why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store when you can go to Rock Auto? Rock Auto is a family business that is serving do-it-yourselfers. And they've been doing it for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you can want or need. You got brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. For an example, I have a Jeep Cherokee, and I need to get some new floor mats. So I'm going to go to rockauto.com to get some floor mats. But you can explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Again, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And if you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box, they'll know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, and the last prospect that I want to talk about is a prospect that you may or may have never heard of. But then again, it is October. And if you're listening to an NBA Draft podcast in October, more than likely you are a diehard NBA Draft fan and you probably keep up with a lot of a lot of different prospects. But the player that I want to talk about is a guy by the name of Ryan Rollins. He is a 6'4 guard from Toledo. I happened to be working in Detroit this past weekend and decided to catch a ride down to Toledo. They had a, a, a preseason game against Hillside. I don't even know where Hillside is from. So it wasn't a strong opponent, but it was a preseason game, and I went to go check Ryan Rollins out, and I was more than impressed with his upside as an NBA player. Like I mentioned, he's a 6'4 guard. He is a smooth athlete. He's he's one of these guys that his athleticism, he shows flashes of his athleticism in games. But I think he's really going to stand out as an athlete like if he were put into a, a pro day situation. What I like about that is his game is not based off of him being athletic. Like he, he does have the tools, but his game isn't just based off of 
crazy athleticism. Like he has skill to go along with it. And last year he was the Mac freshman of the year, averaged 13 points per game. I think he's a very strong rebounder for the wing. Still a little small, about 180 pounds, but his body has the potential to fill out. He is someone that I'm looking forward to just following closely throughout the year. As a freshman, he had high games of 25 points. He had one game where he had 13 rebounds. Um, he had a seven-assist game against Jason Preston in Ohio. He is someone like, again, I think that he has the upside to have a a, a pretty good NBA career. And one of the things that, that really impressed me the most about his game was he has a, a good combination of being able to score easily within the offense, but he also has the ability to create his shot if needed. But he doesn't force the game. He's he's a, a scorer that knows how to play within a system, not a big one-on-one guy, not a guy that's going to take crazy shots. I know like when I go through my notes and when I look at guys that I think are scorers, one of the things that always comes up on my list is shot selection. And that's not something that I really see with, with Ryan Rollins. Now, as far as things that I think that he'll need to show improvement on this, this season is he needs to definitely just improve as a, a shooter from deep. Only shot 32% from three last year. And one of the reasons I, I I think that's a concern, but maybe not too much of a concern, is because he's, I don't think he's going to be able to get a lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities. I didn't see anyone on the roster that was going to be able to set him up. So he's probably one of these guys that's a better per shooter, a better percentage shooter than the numbers indicate. But overall, Ryan Rollins is my sleeper prospect. I think for for the rest of this season, probably leading up into the draft, I'm going to try to find a different sleeper prospect every episode and a guy that um, you know most people probably haven't heard of or people aren't talking about, but someone that I think has a shot. I'm looking for this year's Bones Highland. Like Bones was, you know, I mean, people know about him coming into last year, but he wasn't like a a, a big time name. So he ended up having a a breakout season, which I thought was going to lead to playing a major role (laughs) as a rookie. But Denver's just too deep. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to Locked on NBA Draft. Again, this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I thank you for making Locked on NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now, if I had to suggest what your second listen should be, I go at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. And just a little side note, like I, you know, this was the first week of the NBA season. I I play in a head-to-head matchup league, and this week I was going against my brother. So, you know, I'm the older brother. I always want to beat my brother. I was losing like 11-2 probably through Wednesday. Made some changes based off of what I learned about fantasy basketball on Josh Lloyd's fantasy show. I ended up winning 8-5. So, shout out to Josh Lloyd. But once again, thank you for listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And I say this every week, but I am out.